0: Loki battle royale or uh, Loki Palooza, I believe as Melissa referred to it as Lokiplicity. Weird, Lokiplicity. Uh, weird self love is in the air. Crocoloki is hungry. Richard E. Grant is arguably the best Loki. Easter eggs abound. So come with us as we enter the void and talk about episode five of Loki here on MCU Pod, your companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host Grant Davis, and alongside me is my co-host Mike Garcia. Say hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. The worst. The worst. I'm I'm,
1: I'm here. I watched it all. I'm ready to talk Black Widow. There.
0: <laughs> uh oh. Um, we Wait, are also what? joined once again by our our friend and beloved TV critic Melissa Giromonti.
2: Hello. So happy to be back to talk about another awesome episode of Loki. It was so
0: fun. Yes. Um, This one is easily the wackiest and craziest (laughs) of them. And I think will be the most memorable unless, you know, something happens crazy in this next week's episode with a particular jet ski. Um, But before we get into all of that, uh, I want to say welcome to everyone who's uh, tuning into us. If this is your first time somehow, uh, we do do these live on YouTube is also available as a podcast that you can listen to if you don't wanna have to look at my my face. And that hurts, but some people just don't wanna look at my face, I get it. You can listen to this as a podcast. We appreciate if you do do that, that you go ahead and um, give us the the little five-star rating and review, you guys know. If if this is your first time listening to a podcast, then you'd be like, whoa, wait, there's ways to sponsor a podcast? Everyone else is probably tired of this part. So I'm just gonna skip most of it. What I will say is if you are watching us over on YouTube, you can type POD and you can comment to us and you can talk with us. We like to be able to talk directly to you guys and with you and have you engage in the conversation with us. It makes it a lot more fun and makes a lot less work for us. So <laughs> we would uh, love it if you guys can uh, chime in and join us over on our chat over on YouTube. And for example, magical guitar says hello. And we can put your comments right up here on the screen. Hello, magical T- guitar. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah, and uh, the other thing I will, you know, mention because um, I, I like money, is a, a way you can help us out is go to Patreon.com/MCUPod. There you can make a per month pledge, and you can give us a dollar, two, three, four, twenty dollars a month, um, just to help support us. Um, occasionally we do little bonus exclusive stuff. We'll throw it up on there too, and uh, we appreciate you guys and all of your support. Want to say thank you real quick there. Um, a quick note before we do talk about this episode today, Black Widow came out and today I went and saw my first movie in a theater. Wow. Um, it will, it was actually Black Widow. Yeah. Um, it'd be (laughs) weird if it was something else and I went and saw that. But yeah, first time I I went and saw the
1: next purge or whatever it is,
0: (laughs) the saddest purge. (laughs) <laughs> um, how was it? How was it? No spoilers, it, but how was it? No spoilers. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of people are not going to be able to see this right away, and I understand yeah. that, but I will say that I read there were like some mixed reviews on this. Um, I don't understand them because I thought it was fun, I thought it was a lot of fun. The performances are great, all of the, the main cast that you've already seen, um, that are going to be in there, are excellent. Florence Pugh is. As great as everyone's saying, she's just immediately like, oh, yeah, I, I want her and everything. <laughs> she she like steals the show. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think everyone will really have fun with it.
1: That's I haven't seen I- it yet. I was going to pull it up on Disney Plus, but it's 30 bucks. And, you know, Marvel hasn't sent me my check yet. You know how Marvel sends money. Or pays like podcasters and critics to say good things about their, their shows and movies yeah. and to say bad things about D- DC movies and shows.
0: You um, get your check.
1: I haven't gotten my check yet. I didn't I- I'm still on the paper check system. I haven't signed oh. up for their direct deposit. So I'm waiting on that and then I'll I'll watch it.
0: That's fair. I got mine. It was it was sweet. It was a lot of money. Yeah. Um I immediately took all that money and donated it to uh, patreon.com slash mcu pod as all of you guys should. <laughs> it's a good thing to Best do. Best place to spend the money. Um, yeah. Uh, Melissa, are you going to check it out? You're going tomorrow, right?
2: I get to go tomorrow night. Uh, I live in Toronto, Canada, and our movie theaters don't reopen for another week or so. Uh, but it is playing a drive-in about 45 minutes outside of the city. So we've got our tickets and we're ready to go.
0: <laughs> awesome. It's going to be great. You're going to love it.
2: I'm sure I will. It's my first new release movie in well over a year. Yeah.
0: It's so oh. much better than sitting on the couch watching it. It was, it was nice to be in the theater again. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and dive into talking about this week's episode. Journey into Mystery is the name of the fifth episode of Loki, written by Tom Kaufman and directed by Kate Herron. The synopsis for this episode, according to IMDb, is Loki tries to escape the void a desolate purgatory where he meets variant versions of himself actually that's a pretty straightforward uh uh synopsis there i am to be i'm impressed uh we like to start this episode like we do all episodes and we encourage you that are watching to join us in this it's time for some snap judgments All right. (laughs) Uh, Melissa, you get to kick things off here. What did you think of
2: episode five? This was a heck of a lot of fun. Like there was so many Easter eggs to look for. There was Sylvie continuing to be the baddest of the badass Lokis. And uh, of course, someone I was waiting to see if they came back, made their way back in this episode. And that made me, very very happy. I appreciated all the nods, not only to Marvel comic history, but to you know pop culture in general. With you know stuff that was very reminiscent of Wizard of Oz and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, this was just a, a heck of a lot of fun. When you talk
0: about someone coming back, uh, you know, spoilers are fine. Are you talking about Mobius?
2: Of course I am.
0: Oh,
2: okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come. He didn't come riding in on a jet ski though.
0: You know, I saw a theory, and this is kind of getting ahead of the snap judgments, but I saw a theory where someone was like, is Mobius an alternate version of, um, of uh, what's his name? Uh, Papa Stark. <laughs> uh, not Tony Stark. Tony Stark's dad. Because he's, Howard. Yeah. Howard Owen Stark. Wilson is doing John Slattery cosplay from season seven of Mad Men in this, right? <laughs> in this season. So yeah. He totally <laughs> looks like him. And yeah. he's even got the little mustache that Howard Stark's got. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. That is an interesting theory that he could be an alternate version of, of Howard Stark, but he's just so chill about everything. Yeah, I mean, I guess we saw that kind of version of John Slattery in Endgame when they go back to the 70s and he's all like, I'm going to be a dad like whatever, man, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the version we're getting. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what did you think?
1: I really loved it. I I think um, the high watermark for me was last week's episode, but this one was just right on its tails. So it was really like extraordinarily fun. It's one of those that you can rewatch and just if you're like into Easter eggs raining from the sky, then this was your episode. I think we saw Frog Thor, <laughs> right? Uh, is,
0: is, was yeah. that
1: in the jar in the yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, right? Yeah, and he was right under like a bunch of like um uh like food trays, and it's like. What's happening? Like what and then there's a bowling alley that the Loki's are living in. Richard E. Grant, I thought, like, stole the show as as like classic Loki. He had a great yeah. arc too. Yeah. And what I'm what I'm really connecting with in this series is Loki's search for self and realizing that he is more than what we or he thought he was. And I like how he's coming to that realization by connecting with Sylvie, who's such a dynamic version of a loki and such a different version of a loki and kind of a, a heroic altruistic one who's inspiring everybody around her we saw how he how she inspired um the classic loki richard e grant in this episode you know he was just kind of giving up then he's like fuck this i'm gonna go out of hero and that's what our homie prime loki is doing too uh and he's learning to appreciate and care for those around him and it's a power of love and i'm here for it so yeah we're, i guess we'll get into all the other geeky stuff but i'm just really here for the emotional stuff and I'm, I'm really enjoying it
0: yeah i i think i agree with you about how powerful the last episode played in relation here this one this one's a little bit more cartoony for a lot of obvious reasons but with that i i found that suddenly some of the character motivations don't necessarily make sense so much as they um, are necessities to fit a narrative. Are you you talking
1: about like Loki coming, turning full hero or what exactly? What motivation? I I, I would
0: say all of the uh, absurd cartoon Lokis that are fighting against each other and backstabbing in a, in a battle Royale um, that part felt less cunning and just kind of, yeah, cartoonish uh, and silly.
1: But, it, but uh, during that whole that whole piece when all the Lokis barge in and Mayor Loki's there and they're all backstabbing each other. Sure, it was cartoony and really goofy and funny. But I I uh, I think we we're supposed to kind of tune in on Prime Loki and his reaction. And he's just like, fuck this. And he's it felt like he was ashamed of himself because yeah. that's who he was or who he is. And that, I think, fueled his change that we see at the end uh, of this episode.
0: I yeah I agree. That's why that's why I mean like it's it felt more serving of a larger plot than yep. actual characters would act that way. Right. Similarly, like when Mobius has access to the TBA portal and can take the other Loki's with him, um, they're like, no, because you don't want us bogging down that plot line. <laughs> Rather than like, yes, that's an opportunity to leave the void. Yeah, yeah. any opportunity that presents itself like that after us. Saying over and over through this episode, there's no escape from where we're at. It didn't seem logical. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going in through that void there. I'm let's roll the dice and see what's on the other side of the TBA at least. I would at least take the alligator with me, right? <laughs> right. Cro-cro-look you wanted to go through there. Yeah. <laughs> so I in those regards, I I was kind of like a little thrown off, but it was certainly cool looking in the background and seeing Thanos Copter or seeing Ant-Man in a, a little jar or you know, there's a multitude of of different things. I think the, the sanctum Santorum is in the background in the ruins. And someone even pointed out like one of the subway trains looks like the, uh, the subway train that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man like holds onto and stops. Um, So like all sorts of crazy little Easter eggs are just packed into all the background shots here. Um, And that's quite a feast. And then, yeah, the, the, the romance plot that they, they hit on, um, and Richard E. Grant stepping up in, in his classic Loki kind of hero moment. All of that was really rewarding. And I like how it paved the way to this, this eerie castle at the end of the road. It kind of reminds me of the penultimate episode of True Detective. Remember when they finally get to the weird house that is like the murder house? <laughs> uh, Carcosa. Carcosa. There you go. Um and and then the finale is oh it's just a monster of the week thing and that didn't really fit with True Detective yeah. but here it could be fine. <laughs>
1: uh, do we want to dive into what we think is
0: at the end of that uh, or inside that castle? We do in a minute. I wanted to hit on the snap judgments from our audience. Oh, yeah. um, Nicole says they better be bring King next episode, which I think is interesting. Um, that 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 lends itself to what you're thinking might be in the castle, right? No. I oh. mean
1: that would be okay, but you think uh, it's Bowser? <laughs> yeah, it's totally Bowser. Uh, no, if we're it's it's Dennis Hopper Bowser. Hey, does <laughs> does Disney own that movie? That'd be cool. Um, no, um, I don't know. We haven't seen or heard from or about Kang throughout this entire series, and that, uh, I would feel that in order for the big bad to resonate emotionally and really just story-wise, it should be somebody thats that we've seen or has connected to the characters or has been a part of this series somehow. Um, I'm not saying they couldn't make it work if it's a big bad we haven't seen yet, um, but just to reveal a big bad at the end that we haven't seen, it'll just kind of feel really disconnected. And I'm sure it'll be cool for a lot of fans of the comics and who know who Kang is. They're like, oh, cool. Here's this thing that's being set up for the next thing. But I want I want this story to to have a beginning, middle and end that that services the characters and this story. I, you know, they, if they want to set up something else, save that for a, you know, a stinger, post credit stinger. So you something. think it needs to be Loki? Then I don't know. I don't know. Um, it could it could go a number of ways. You know, one of the Lokies. it could be one of the Lokis. It could be somebody who we've already seen who is a stealth Loki. Um, could be, maybe Morbius says uh, Mobius has been playing everybody. Maybe um, Renslayer is a secret Loki. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's the the
0: cartoon thing that pulls up all the files. I don't know. Uh, Miss Minutes. Yes, <laughs> Minutes. Melissa. What do you think is in the castle? Yeah, I'm. Gonna, I'm going to go ahead and change our ba- banner too. What's in the castle?
2: I was, I mean, everything I've been reading is everyone's pretty much, oh, it's it's Kang, it's Kang, it's Kang. But I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a version of Loki, like one of the one of the Lokies, if it's someone from Asgard, someone connected to that world, like maybe, Thor.
1: yeah, or those... Odin, Odin or
2: yeah. Mama, uh, whose name is yeah. escaping me at the moment, um, Rene Russo. Yes, well. Her her name I remember. Her character I don't remember at the moment for some reason. Uh, and I should remember it. Uh, and then, you know, if it's, like, some other big bad that we've already been introduced to in the cinematic universe, is it going to somehow get tied into, um, like, Scarlet, like, uh, uh, sorry, WandaVision? Like, because, I mean, the way WandaVision kind of played out, like, with that whole world she created like i mean there's kind of this whole world that they're they're creating there like at the end in this void so i don't know like if there's some kind of connection there um at this point i don't have any definitive things of what where i think it's going i'm just fully prepared to be surprised um but i will be checking out all week what everyone else is is thinking where it might be headed
1: I like the idea that if it's not somebody um, that we've seen um, outwardly in this series, that it could be somebody from the Thor movies, right? It could be somebody from Asgard because there's a reason that they're always just pruning Lokis, like always. Somebody has something against Loki, right? So it could be somebody from
0: Asgard. But it's but Coulson's
2: it's- revenge. <laughs> Nate, there we go. It's Coulson. Coulson's okay. in the castle. They did yeah.
0: show Coulson in this show, right? We saw his death at one point. What? Uh, when Mo- Mobius did play Coulson's death. Yeah, episode, right? in the very first yeah. episode. That's enough to tether it. <laughs> Showed Loki <laughs> killing him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I-, I do think like the Jet Li idea of um, you know the the movie The One, uh, where he's he's killing all the other versions of him through the multiverse. Uh, could be an interesting reason. It would be a Loki at the end, another version that is like, you know, what I realized that there needs to be only one of me because more of me is chaos. <laughs> um, and right. when when more of me run into me, um, it can cause crazy spike deviances that uh, are are beyond me being able to control everything because I want to be the master of everything. I mean, our Loki himself yeah. wanted to rule the TVA it makes sense that another Loki got there first and is actually the one who is the, the true puppet master, I suppose. And yeah. this one has now come to a different conclusion. Sylvie's conclusion that no, I don't want to rule it. I want to destroy it like you do. So I, I guess it, there's some credence to that. Isn't Doesn't it mean. strange that the, the thing
1: that caused the Nexus event a few episodes ago was Loki connecting with another Loki
0: mm-hmm. or
1: really connecting with anybody. And then the nexus event of Richard E. Grant's Loki was that he, he missed his brother and he wanted to go connect with him, and then they found him. Right? Mm. It's almost like whoever is the puppet master is like the Loki cannot reach his potential in any way, and he cannot um, uh, affect other people in any way. So, we need to grab him. You know, it's almost like we, we need to emotionally stunt the Lokis in order for my plan to, to
0: go ahead. Well, what do we see with Sylvie? We saw her playing with, like, some horses and a ship. I mean, I, I don't know if – I do like that that theory. I'm just wondering how that might play into the other ones we've seen.
1: I think if, like, if you really want to analyze that Nexus event with with Sophie, I mean, and maybe we're seeing, like, the – we're seeing the, the five minutes after her event and we haven't seen her event. But what we right, did right. see That's was – Yeah, what well, we did see when she was grabbed – she was um, playing the role of a hero, right? She was Valkyrie. She's playing with the toys. And what we know about Loki is that he doesn't cheer on the heroes, but she was. So maybe wow. they're like, hey, you know, she's not supposed to be altruistic.
0: All right. All right. I like that a lot. Uh, we have a, we, I, I totally uh, missed on going back to all the other snap judgments. Mm. Um, i would says Gator Loki needed a larger role. Well, Morris says, someone needs to explain the proper way to love thyself to Loki. Nicole also <laughs> says, I ship Loki and Sylvie. And uh, Karen comes in and says, I want more alligator Loki. This is easily my favorite episode so far. I just hope they stick the landing next week. Yeah. Thank That's you, everyone, for, uh, for your snap judgments there. Um, man, I, when you saw that the only people that are surviving here were a bunch of fellow Lokis. My question, I what I immediately thought of, Mike, was that you, this was validation for you that Mobius is somehow another Loki.
1: <laughs> yeah, at this point, I don't want him to be another Loki because I, I love the character so much and I love who he is. But yeah, man, it was just full of Lokis. Like, what are they doing? Like, when that ship showed up, were there were there Lokis on that ship? Or was that another dude? I don't remember. Um, wait, what, what ship? There was a when Sylvia is trying to no when Loki is has this his his goofy plan to distract the beast and go up from the back and kill it somehow. Um, the
0: cloud beast. Uh, a oh ship no, shows no no no! Yeah, and there's you're people right. on the ship. That ship is a reference to um, the Manhattan Project. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so that was the ship rumored to have disappeared in time. Oh. And so they used and you know while that ship actually just was around in, in real life uh, and it didn't actually disappear. I think or, they were just playing into that joke to have all those sailors there.
2: Wasn't right. that the Philadelphia experiment? Cause the Manhattan project oh, right, was right, the, right. was the atom bomb.
0: The right, Philadelphia right. experiment. You're correct. Yeah. Other locations ex- experiment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um, yeah. But I, I think that, you know, w- seeing that, seeing Ant-Man in the jar, seeing Mobius. Other people can also survive there. It just seems that the Lokis are are king king survivors of this land. And that's why there's so many of them. Or they are more often pruned statistically than anyone else, I guess. I, I
1: think that's what it is, because it's either just the machina- mechanization of the show of like, oh, this is a Loki show. We should just show, show Lokis there. And it's kind of cynical to think that. But I... You know, I, I really think it's pointing to the villain or the um, uh, the mechanism that is controlling all this has it out for Loki's.
0: Her name was Frigga, by the Frigga. way. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is jumping way ahead, but this is what came to mind right away: is the scene we see. Well, let's just talk about classic Loki overall, and then we'll get to his end scene. But. Um, the introduction of classic Loki. This Loki tells us an anecdote about how he survived Thanos killing him by disguising himself as a piece of debris out in space while a fake version of him gets choked to death. And then he just hid out for the rest of his life until he missed Thor. Right. Um, is this the Loki that we followed in all the movies? Is it the same one from our particular timeline? That. We don't have an
1: answer to that. I don't know if we ever will, but that is a fascinating thought game to play, right? What if this is actual Tom Hiddleston Loki that who he saw, quote unquote, die, but he just exiled himself and he grew up. Um,
0: But where did he get that costume if that's him? (laughs) I mean, if he's, if Arthur is like looking around like 32 years old, right? But he's actually 1500 years old. Mm-hmm. We could assume this loki is a few thousand years beyond that, and right fashion styles got really wacky back at yeah. that point or whatever planet that he
1: was hiding on that's the fashion there whatever right you know yeah.
2: he he bought it in the Halloween section at rocksmart <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go yeah.
1: yeah the the minute he landed on earth he was like, i need a costume before I go see Thor. I gotta look good
0: I mean yeah that like um oh whoops sorry I clicked on the I, lots of comments coming in. I'm not able to click on the comment. Uh I'd says his costume's too different. I can't see original Loki wearing that. And but it, it's a different timeline, different age. Uh mm-hmm. even like looking at when Thor Ragnarok when he landed on um Cy Cybok, I don't remember what the name of that planet was. Not probably not Cybok, that's uh, Cybok is Spock's brother, bro. Spock's brother. Um <laughs> anyway, when they landed on that planet, like there's a bunch of really It's a radical alien looking, um, you know, costumes, outfits that people Mm. were wearing. So eh, Loki could change and wear something a little bit more silly like that, and it could still be our Loki. I think it's, um, I think right now in my head canon, it is him. I think it
1: is that Loki, and I think that that just makes the story a little more profound.
0: It, we see him make the he seems to find it very profound when Mobius is remarking that like people can change he 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 takes this kind of look over at Mobius of like huh people can change I can change and that almost seems like a, a catalyst for him to make this kind of heroic stand to help save these other Lokis um, our Loki and Sylvie very Thank much t- yeah did you were you taking from that 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 was him making another change in like who he is? Yes. I think
1: I think that was just an overall theme and, and has kind of been a theme from the beginning bubbling up, but it's really coming to the surface now, right? That um, taken out of uh, the confines of who everyone thinks they are, the Lokis can change and be different and evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they just need to connect with the right people. And we've seen that for Prime Loki, and now we saw it for Richard E. Grant's Loki, right? He connected with Mobius in that way, and it kind of inspired him. And also, he's kind of old, and he's kind of tired. And Lokis are always kind of given to this this flourish, you know? So right. he was probably like, fuck it. If I'm just going to stay here for the rest of my life, I'm going to go out with a, with a bang. This is the way to go, you know? So he took the opportunity um, with those feelings inside of growing and changing and wanting to help. And also wanting probably to help take down the TVA, because he knows he... By helping uh, Loki and Sylvie, that might happen. But also, I think it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna go out like a you know, with a bang.
0: Melissa, what do you think?
2: I definitely think he glorious purposed the heck out of there. That was (laughs) that was pretty clear. Um I hadn't really thought if that is our like the Loki that we've known all along, but I, I kind of like that theory. Like I really, really, I think I like that theory a lot. Um, but then what does that mean about if there is a Loki in the castle at the end of it all? Like, what is that Loki's purpose? Like, I don't know. Uh yeah. Uh you kind of blew my mind a little. <laughs> so, like I hadn't I hadn't thought of that, but the more I think about it, I'm I'm liking that theory. Um definitely the i kept i kept calling it the smoke monster um mm-hmm. years of Sorry. lost i will never i will never get rid of that in my head you're in the same um, place here some <laughs> that somehow has some i don't know the way it reacted to seeing asgard like that that illusion of asgard seemed even more aggressive than other situations that we saw is is that is it alioth is that what it's called the smoke Uh,
0: yeah something like that
2: yeah um not smoky uh
0: we'll call it smoke monster
2: (laughs) (laughs) it just seemed more aggressive when it saw that facade like it just got way more aggressive so i'm thinking that 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 all of this is going to somehow be connected to to Asgard in some way.
0: Yeah. Or it's, it's another Loki who does resent Asgard. This Loki had some affection like Richard E. Grant's or uh, classic Loki summoning that did seem like this kind of sentimental regard for his, his lost homeworld. you know, his, 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 he misses his homeland and he was able to recreate it in such loving detail as well as show such an overwhelming expanse of of power that it seems like the loki's haven't figured out that they they are so much more powerful than they even thought um yeah it's all
1: about that untapped potential um emotionally and uh also with superpowers right this whole this whole this whole series is about loki's untapped potential in a number of ways
0: we we saw it two episodes ago when he lifts a whole building out of nowhere. Um, there was a really cool theory that some some woman on TikTok had, and she was talking about if you look at each of the episodes, there is a color theme going on that she thought maybe tied thematically to the Infinity Stones. In that the very first episode had a lot of orange tint going on at the TVA, and that is the episode where Loki really discovers he's he has to confront what his true self is and so the soul stone is him getting in touch with himself and his soul and then i think um the the third episode is where they're on that that planet that's being destroyed and they're on the train running away and everything's purple and in that episode you see both sylvie and loki kind of reveal their like some newfound powers that each of them have and they exchange their uh, understandings of power um, this episode's all green, and this one is them s- stepping out of time. So, uh, I, I, And I, I believe she correlates all of them, and it, it would lead it to believe that the very last episode's blue, and it has to deal with um, space and relatively there. Anyway, I, I thought that was interesting because there was an escalation in, um, in power that we've seen throughout this. And then um, classic Loki showing that magnitude of power that he could recreate all of Asgard was fascinating, I think, in that regard. It,
1: and, it also set the stage for uh, Prime Loki um, being able to wield this new power to help enchant the smoke monster.
0: Right. Do you think that uh, Classic Loki died? Classic Loki made a big speech about yeah. how he knows how to evade death he could make a projection that was showing the green thing, and that's what got crushed. And he, he lists who, who knows because, like, for four episodes, we thought, you know,
1: dying meant being hit by the pokey stick or the, yeah. the melty stick. And now it just means you go to,
0: to the land of Oz. So I don't know who knows what dying means in this show. I, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if he will make a return. He is credited in the last episode as well. Um, classic Loki. Maybe it's just a little flashback or something, but it'd be cool to see him again.
1: Mar- I mean, if Marvel, Marvel, uh, when they cast these kinds of roles and they, they get actors so they know we're going to eat up the scenery like Richard E. Grant, they don't really let go of them, you know? So yeah, we'll see him again.
0: <laughs> we better. Um, the idea that Loki might be at the end of the tunnel Loki there might be another Loki in the castle makes this whole entire season this whole show feel like this if it's if it's Loki's on Loki's on Loki's and they're all um, attacking each other and using other people's as other people as pawns um, in this Loki versus Loki um, construct is this all a dream (laughs) is everything in this a dream and none of it is actually tangible. Do you guys get any of that sense?
1: I mean, it, a lot of it feels dreamlike, obviously with all the, the random, you know, elements happening, but no, I I think there will be consequence for these characters in, in their real lives as we, as we see them on screen for sure.
2: I don't think it's a dream. Mm
0: -hmm. No. Not feeling
2: no. that idea. No, an elaborate game to make you know Prime Loki, you know, discover his true potential and stuff like that. Yes, like that I could buy, but a dream, mm, not so much. What
0: happened happened. <laughs> <laughs> As another lost reference.
1: Um, so oh, speaking of loss, somebody in the comments mentioned how this episode had so many scenes of people waking up on the ground, very, very oh. lost esque.
0: Right. <laughs> um, the romance between Loki and Sylvie. Um, at this point, it's a it's romance, right? Like, as far as at least Loki is concerned, he's got Gaga eyes for her, and I was wondering uh, what you guys thought about how that played out. Will Morris says, looking getting <laughs> in touch with himself sounds like a recipe for a three headed baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
1: it, it doesn't have to be romance for, in order for it to land emotionally and, and to be profound and powerful for these characters and this series. If it is, that's interesting. Um, I think they might just walk right up to the line and leave the rest to our imagination in the next episode. But yeah, um, in that wonderful scene that reminded me of the scene a few episodes ago between Loki and Sylvie when they were riding in a train car kind of learning about each other we have kind of a repeat of that scene here where they're sharing the uh, the Loki blanket which uh-huh. she thinks is a tablecloth because he makes shitty blankets um, <laughs> but this time they, they seem to trust each other and they seem to really care about each other and there, there's a lot more depth and trust to the relationship, and it just felt more powerful. Um, <laughs> and it...
2: <laughs> and no, says, it's... I, it's...
1: Uh, they watch. are they are definitely in love. And the way Tom Hiddleston is playing it is, I am physically attracted and totally Gaga in love, boner love for this person. Um, is
2: anyone else? Does anyone else have the divinals playing over and over in their head now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> What is is this? uh, Yeah, is this like sleeping with your cousin? Is this masturbation? What is this? Right? How do you classify this when you you meet yourself and you you love them? I don't know. Um, But whatever it is, the that chemistry between the actors and the characters is palpable. And it's, it's a it's a layer of this show that we didn't have like in the first couple episodes that is grown to be really cool. And and one of the reasons I'm still watching.
0: And it speaks to the character arc in a way that kind of makes you look back at Loki throughout the MCU as a person who really didn't love themselves uh, and really didn't see, you know, a lot of, you know, as much as they, he loves saying uh, I was meant for glorious purpose and you think he's a narcissist. There's also a little bit of, um, you know, not actually truly appreciating yourself because you're always disappointed that you're never meeting what you feel is this potential that you have. You're always second best to Thor. You're um, the unwanted child of a different planet, Jotunheim, and you, 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 just don't feel that same love from your father, that same affection, that all, all, all that he seems to need. Um, and here in his relationship with Sylvie, not only is he seeing someone else who's a bit more self-actualized and driven uh, with that purpose that he yearns for, but Sylvie makes him recognize that in himself. And so, yeah, him having affection for someone else who has this other perspective on him. uh, It it all tracks. Um, It, it makes it more powerful and we don't necessarily have to assign a, a a sexual love to it or have a weird stigma about it. We can just kind of accept it for Loki having character growth that makes him um, respect himself and recognize that he doesn't have to keep yearning for this other type of validation that he can never get. I agree. I think that's really well said. I think
1: um, it's a, a very clever and very fun to watch metaphor for watching yourself grow and being inspired by it because it's like we could either have a series where Loki is like Tony Soprano sitting in therapy for a bunch of episodes and learning to self-actualize, or we could have Loki play against a, a more self-actualized version of himself in which he realizes that he can be that himself. It's pretty cool.
2: And Sylvie kind of represents the Loki. Like if there wasn't all of those external forces pulling Loki in all these directions and, you know, competition with his brother and all that stuff, like what Loki could have been if he wasn't up against all of those things.
1: Right. And just like Grant said, um, he was the second best always, right? Um, Second loved by his dad, always known as the outsider. And she grew up in isolation, and she had to discover she she had to um she had to fight her way for, through life for survival, and that's that's uh and she did it, and that's really what inspires him. So if he was stuck in that situation, he
0: could rise to that level too. And he's real. And really did it too. I mean, he Croc-Loki worked on his it. own Just, and he bit that hand off. Man, it was great. <laughs> Kid Loki did it. <laughs> um, Mobius. Uh, makes a triu- triumphant return in a, a sweet pizza car, um, driving great. around somehow. Somehow, if if Mobius is the evil baddie, and maybe we should explore that in a second, if he's the one wow. in the castle at the end. Wow, um, he somehow magically knew right where Sylvie landed and drove to her in a car. Maybe there is something weird to that. Um, but the genuine friendship. Between Mobius and um, and Loki also kind of re- reached a, a good culmination point here in this episode, where Loki actually does refer to him as friend, and the same handshake that we see in the first episode, where he tries to uh, shake Loki's hand, Loki actually reaches out this time and hugs him, and you know it was earned over five episodes. That was fully earned, and I I like seeing that loki can put trust in someone and refer to them as a
2: friend i am here for that bromance that was like one of my favorite moments
0: (laughs) so
1: good very true and that's might be why they chose owen wilson for this because he's been in so many bromance movies and they're all good you know they're all fun to watch um and it also makes me worry like are we going to get a twist of the knife here is somebody is one of it's one of the core three Prime Loki, Sylvie, or Mobius is somebody going to betray everybody. And I don't want that to happen, but, you know, drama. You know,
0: there, there has been a lot of hints about another analyst that Renslayer constantly refers to. And Mobius from the comics is a clone. There's a bunch of different Mobiuses. So it is possible that there are multiple versions of Mobius that never run into each other, just as we're seeing multiple Lokis. And maybe a Mobius is the one who's actually at the end uh, in the castle. And there's going to be a moment of confusion where this Mobius tries to portray that he's the same Mobius that Loki has been become friends with. And maybe the other one will crash through the castle walls in a pizza car and save the day. Uh, or, or a jet, a jet ski. ski. Or yeah, jet yeah. ski.
1: <laughs> it's got to be a sweet jet ski yeah I mean that would be a way of making it like emotionally resonant without like cheapening the relationship between Mobius and
0: Loki, yeah, that'd be cool with me i mean if if they were able to explore something at this point now that we've had this much growth from Loki um uh, that he begins to question himself once once again something that is a monkey wrench in the plot line that makes him backslide or or suddenly think that he can't trust anyone and he has to turn his back on everyone again. Um, that would be a great test for the end of this six part journey. Um, you know, yeah. but I'm not the writer. <laughs> <laughs> it would
1: be a great test if he chooses not to become cynical again. Right. In, in,
0: in the face of all this treachery in front of him. We do have a track record with the past two, um, Television MCU forays, where the final episode though maybe doesn't live in, up to all of our expectations. Melissa, did you like the finale for both WandaVision and uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier?
2: I loved WandaVision. I thought it was fantastic, and I really, really enjoyed the finale. Um, he, Falcon and Winter Soldier. There were moments of it that I really enjoyed. As a whole, I'd say of the three series that like. I would put that one in third place. Right. Um, well, assuming that the Loki finale is going to be amazing. <laughs> so uh, I mean, like there were moments in it that I that I absolutely loved. Like there was there was just certain things that were and then there were other things that just kind of bothered me, like like Sharon. <laughs> uh even though I kind of saw it coming, it still kind of frustrates me. But um
1: yeah. yeah. See that's the thing like the the it was Agatha all along it was somebody there who who was sitting there who became like not the big bad but the battle at the end right and then with with Falcon and Winter Soldier oh Sharon's one of the bad guys and we somebody we'd known all along so i think it's it's not going to be somebody they're just going to drop in randomly who's going to be the the
0: big bad here right right i mean if we look at Renslayer this episode she was kind of playing a a back and forth game with Sylvie, but it seemed like she also was a little bit genuinely confused by certain elements of, of the timekeepers and what was behind the curtain. And she did kind of want to know. She certainly does seem to also have a way of communicating maybe uh, telepathically with miss minutes, the little cartoon clock that says, hey, buy me some time, waste some time here, uh, because I know that the guards are coming. In in which maybe there's also more to her that we need to have revealed in the final episode um, as far as what her powers and what her role is here. She could be the big bad, I suppose, but I, I don't think so. I don't know if the relationship has earned it because we haven't really seen any interactions between her and Loki anyway
1: and towards the end there there's a scene where she's still trying to figure out stuff about the TVA. Right. She's asking Miss Minutes, "Can I have access to these restricted files?" and Miss Minutes is like, "Oh, let me see." You know, because she wants I mean, it almost seems like she is a variant who woke up before the series started and has been in on it for a while. Um and who knows what her motivations are. Maybe she's a Loki
0: see that could be the other reveal that they all are loki's we certainly saw um that loki's can look wildly different here they just had uh, such a cast of characters that were all fighting each other and because they were wearing green they're loki's i guess but any of the people at the tva could by that by that uh conceit be loki's as well right
1: I love how somebody's like, How do we know the alligator is even a Loki? And classic Loki's like, Well, he's green. <laughs> he's, green is,
0: isn't he? he's green. I'm his interpreter somehow. No yeah. one else can understand, but I can. Yeah, he's praying now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um,
1: oh, oh, Takako is speaking my mind here. I was just, Oh, I think, did I mention this? Yeah. Uh, what
0: if Miss Minutes is the baddie? You mentioned that at the beginning, yeah, which yeah. I also think is, you know, it, Miss Minutes is voiced by Tara Strong, who a uh, great actress. Yeah, she also, um, most notably, was uh, Harley Quinn's voice in uh, the animated Batman series. Um, she could be awesome. <laughs> if, that would be great. They could, do, they could do anything
1: with it, right? They could do anything with it.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't know if it'll have the same emotional resonance for what we've been reading into this. And it's possible we're reading into things that we just want to see in a show that maybe aren't necessarily as intended. But like I what? I feel like they are. I feel like they're going for this, what they're trying to have us experience about Loki learning about himself. Right? Yeah. yeah. That feels all intentional.
1: No, I think I think I think you can still have that with with Miss Minutes being being the the big bad. Um,
0: It'll feel a out of left way. field though, wouldn't it?
1: No, it would certainly be a lot less left field than Kang the Conqueror, who we don't even, no one's even talked about in this
0: entire series. I wouldn't be surprised if Kang the Conqueror is alluded to in the last episode as the um, the Jedi master behind the, the Darth Maul in the castle or whatever, you know, like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the bigger puppet master. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, us I, not us I, not seeing him is fine. I think. I I
1: Lonus says it's Ralph Boner, <laughs> also known as
0: Boner. What would you do if if it was Ralph Boner that popped up? I would throw
1: a party, dude. You're all invited. Come on now.
0: <laughs> it is your favorite character. Yeah, dude, he's so funny. Oh man, that would I would throw my TV. <laughs> <laughs> Why you throw your TV at throw party. That's how it's going to be.
1: There uh, Will Morris says wouldn't it feel a little cartoony if the cartoon was the villain? Yeah, I mean we're essentially watching a cartoon at this point, aren't we? It's you talked about how silly a lot of this was today. And that's cool. I'm fine with that.
0: The there's a bunch of references in this episode that I'm sure you can go check out. Other websites, like if you go to Den of Geek, I always like checking out theirs. They'll run down through all the Easter eggs and stuff. Um, frustratingly, they don't include pictures with uh, a lot of the Easter eggs. Like they'll say, oh, this one scene had this. But I'm like, show the picture, man. Do a screenshot. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they were able to pack a lot of really cool things into the background here. And this one seemed like it got to kind of play a lot of, of, of service to people who really get into getting to see the Easter eggs in the background. I wonder though, if we're also going to see that at this castle at the end of the void. And what does this mean for the actual idea of this being the end of all time? Do you think that's some element of this that we're going to get in the story that someone was working toward finishing all of time and ending all universes?
1: It, it reminds me of what i was talking about a few episodes ago where the timekeepers were described as being busy locked away in a room trying to figure out the ending it's like a writer's room for a marvel show where they're like Fuck, how do we end this right? <laughs> and i just saw in the comments painted brandy says the end about the ending it's all going to be very meta the ending is literally about a writer slash storyteller composing the divine timeline and they don't want the characters to ever develop. That is that is great. That's another level of it because throughout all this, we're seeing Loki's plucked out of the timeline and not being allowed to develop uh, emotionally or develop their powers. Really, right? So yeah, it's definitely there's there's some kind of force that doesn't want Loki's to achieve their full potential. Who are they and why? I don't know. But like Melissa mentioned earlier. Has to be somehow tied to Asgard, and not just a random, you know, uh, Kang the conqueror type who we haven't seen. Um, but I, what was your question about the ending?
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I mean I think that's that's a really interesting idea as well because all of the pruning of timelines is for people who deviated in a way that made things new and interesting and um you know made the idea that there could be a robust multiverse um uh, that that's that's fascinating that's that's creation of the unexpected and if there's someone who's really trying to control things uh, there they don't want any deviance they don't want any any deviation rather (laughs) or maybe deviance as well um but I I like that idea a lot that they are like a, a really controlling writer who um, is too precious about their creation and can't let it um, flourish on its own. And Loki is the embodiment of um, random uncontrolled wild. I could be a good guy. I could be a bad guy. I can shape shift. I can be a crocodile. I can be, anything and everything um i i have all the potential to go in any various directions um i'm unpredictable and that is why most commonly loki's have to be pruned because they are special in the grander scheme of things
1: yeah melissa if you if if there is a character out here who is trying to prune loki's for a reason what do you think is so special that Loki, that Lokis are targeted? Like what's so special about a Loki?
2: Hmm. Maybe, well, I don't know. Like maybe is it like the ultimate Loki is the one who has the power to end it all, like to, to cause the end of all timelines. Like that's, that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, so like yeah. all of these variants are ways of like making sure that one doesn't happen
1: yeah if that makes
2: okay. sense yeah yeah yeah
1: because uh all the variants that we're seeing we're seeing multiple like different multiple powers and sometimes these really surprising huge powers so yeah maybe one of them does cause uh some kind of apocalyptic event and that's what whoever's behind this all is trying to curtail
0: i think it's that they like the color green
1: green's good color i got it back I- here that's what makes a Loki's <laughs> special. But <laughs> then again, he's, low- he's green, isn't he?
2: <laughs> then again, like all the green in it. And there's been throughout this entire season, like these little nods to the Wizard of Oz and Emerald City, like yeah. Asgard in that, you know, in that uh, illusion that uh, classic Loki makes is very Emerald City like. Yes, And, you know, the whole idea of who's behind the curtain. And the one thing that really struck me was when Mobius hugs Sylvie and says, you're my favorite, like, or he's hugging Loki and he says yeah. to Sylvie, you're my favorite. That reminds me of, you know, the t- when what Dorothy says, says to the Scarecrow, like, you know, I'm going to miss you most of all. Right. So I was like, there's all of that element going into it, too. So. Yeah.
0: Do you think that we had um, an analog for each of the Wizard of Oz characters in here in this episode?
2: I'm starting to I'm starting to try to piece that all together. So does that make Mobius as Dorothy?
0: Um no, Loki would have to be Dorothy, right? Yeah, Loki would be Dorothy. Yeah, but it's Dorothy, Dorothy
2: that says to Scarecrow I'm going to miss I'm going to miss you most of all. So oh, I hmm. noticed that
1: Dorothy had the power
0: all along, just like Loki. Yeah yeah who who would uh who would be the cowardly lion who was who who was showing cowardice also loki everyone's i don't have to answer which answer is loki yeah it's just loki it's gonna be uh what's his name eugene cordero who doesn't like fish who doesn't know what a fish is (laughs) he was cowardly around loki so that works um uh, did you notice like
1: i think one of the funner easter eggs like I, all, all the easter eggs are fun if they're alluding to other movies and comic stuff but i think the best easter eggs for me are easter eggs to earlier episodes in the show like i talked about that tray like there was a bunch of food trays and they look like like what does the the tva just like zap their food trays away because they don't want to clean them yeah you know? <laughs> and then like the there were like drinks and Great. and wines and stuff there were the brands that the tva people use
0: you oh, know? And it's
1: like oh, I don't want to throw this away. I'll just fucking zap it. <laughs> and they just up the, like all the trash is just in the void.
0: That is so funny, and that's totally what that was, huh? Yeah, that's totally what I would do.
1: Like, you know, I don't <laughs> want to throw away my get up and throw away my trash. Give me the Melty Stick.
0: I <laughs> think, uh, yeah, Kid Loki was drinking a, a high C Ecto Cooler
1: at one really? point. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Ghostbusters Ecto Cooler,
0: which he probably oh, yeah. got from Mobius accidentally zapping it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a hundred percent Mobius.
1: That's fantastic. Hey, um, random question. Kid Loki seemed to have like a uh, a nin- big Nintendo controller or something. What was that?
0: Oh, did he? Yeah. He had a magic knife. He can like manifest out of air and right. Kid Loki was kind of cool. I, I I like him. Yeah, I was digging it. And him him's laying down that uh, he gets to be in charge because he killed Thor. Yeah. Um. Do you think that's just uh, a lie or like, did he kid Loki kill kid Thor, Thor at one point?
1: Yeah. It reminded me when, the, about this, the story Thor tells in Ragnarok where he's like, when we were children, Loki, I love snakes and, and Loki knew this. So he, you know, I saw this snake, you know, and I, I grabbed it and said, oh, what a beautiful snake to admire it. And it turned into him and then he stabbed me. He's like, ha ha, it's me. You know, <laughs> Like maybe
0: that's how he killed him. He, he successfully, the yeah. stabbing hit a, an artery or something.
2: I love that. Co- I didn't catch who said that comment, but that Hunter B fifteen could be the Tin Man, Nicole. Yeah, yeah I totally yeah. see that. Cause she got that
0: the heart at the end. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a character I hope that we see, that gets some good play in the finale because that actor is awesome and the character is getting really interesting and dynamic. The scene that she had in this episode was was fantastic. So I want to see more of B fifteen.
0: Maybe our Loki would then be the cowardly lion who, who always um, avoids the tougher decisions and just runs away from things. And he gets, gains the bravery when he, he sees Sylvie, what she can do. Sylvie is our Dorothy. And therefore, uh, Mobius would be the scarecrow who doesn't. He's, he's an idiot who's clueless about what the TVA is doing. And he fin- finally gains a brain and he learns about what the TVA is. It all fits. It fits. It all fits. <laughs> we made it fit. Round it hole, square peg, just shove it in there. <laughs> um, I, I do wonder, uh, a few more thoughts just about uh, this finale. Um, we have multiple things that would need to be addressed in this episode. I wonder if we're going to get um, B-15, if, if she'll get to pop back up, if, if maybe she'll get a, um, a happy resolution to her storyline maybe she gets to go back to the place where she was happy maybe the person behind the curtain is able to send everyone back from Oz to uh, their their happy little lives before all of this um, which would be nice even even our weird Lokis and their weird timelines um, and then yeah Renslayer is going to have to pop back up and
2: I, we don't know who's going to be the big bad and where are the ruby slippers <sighs>
0: What are they? Are they, is please it- don't let
2: them be please don't let them be alligator skin. <laughs> oh, I'm I am insanely <laughs> attached to alligator Loki for some reason. I just kept fa- finding excuses to use the hashtag on Twitter because I love the little animation that was popping
0: up. <laughs> oh god. I'm gonna get go- a little emoji. <laughs> I, I now have to go Photoshop this as soon as we're done. I'm gonna go ahead and do the whole Wizard of Oz thing with some uh, Gator Ruby slippers. Yeah, <laughs> we need to see it by next week. It'll be great. <laughs> um, I guess, is that about it? Do you guys have any other closing thoughts on the episode or what we're anticipating for next week, Melissa? What?
2: No, the only other thing I, I was thinking is that uh, I think Renslayer knows a little bit more than she's letting on. That's the only other thing.
0: Uh, I'll get is,
2: <laughs> I like that better. Yes, <laughs> that's Toto. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, they have to be emerald slippers anyway sorry loki
2: so that would make Renslayer the wicked witch of the west oh shit
0: okay okay um mike any closing thoughts
1: um well based on the last few marvel shows not that i didn't like the endings i did but i'm gonna kind of lower my expectations here because there's no way that they're gonna you know uh live up to all all of our expectations i but I, I really love this series, and I'm just along for the ride. And I, oh, I don't really care who's behind the curtain. If it's Kang, cool. I don't care. It doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, but I do trust that the showrunners and writers will land this thing emotionally, and mm-hmm. that's what I care about. So,
0: yeah, um, I'm right there with you. Nicole asks, "Are we going to do an episode for Black Widow?" And um, yeah. Yep. Once Melissa's seen it and once we're comfortable spoiling everything for Mike, we're gen- g- gonna jump right back
1: <laughs> on here. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. I'll get that I, Disney check sooner or later. I can pay for it. I do
0: have thoughts. I and it was uh it was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that'd be fun to discuss. It looks awesome because it looks like
1: um it looks like it's a, just a standalone movie that tells its own story and it's not trying to serve a bunch of other masters. And sometimes that's a lot of fun with Marvel, but you know, it seems like, hey, we're just gonna tell our story because it's like a prequel and exists in its own pocket, you know, yes. time. So yeah.
0: Yeah, you're you're not bogged down by all the other movies and yeah. trying to wedge it in. So yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, all right. Well, I think that is time for us to go ahead and wrap up things up there melissa thank you so much for joining us where can people find and follow you
2: uh on twitter you can find me at the Televixon. or if you want to check out my podcast you can go to femtvpodcast.com
0: mike
1: Uh, you can find me on twitter at mike moody garcia follow me there lots of mcu and marvel content and uh pictures of my birds and my rabbit
0: (laughs) um you guys can follow me at baron von grant you can also follow us at mcu pod you can find us on all of the social media platforms where we try to post when we're gonna do our next episode we do try and do these every friday night at 9 p.m central standard time we did make an effort to do wednesdays and it just wasn't working for us we might we might revisit that when what if comes back i think uh or comes debuts uh that's gonna be august 11th i believe they just announced <laughs> And that new trailer was awesome. I don't know if you guys saw that yet, but it was mm, very excited for that one. Um, Thank you to all of you uh, who tuned in this week. And thank you to listeners who check this out later on the podcast. We'd love to have you join us for our live episodes, if ever your schedule works with it. Uh, It's a lot of fun getting to engage with all you guys. And we hope you have a great week. Go out and see Black Widow so that we can discuss it in uh, the near future. Until then, I believe uh, our sign out is MCU later.